welcome to episode 17 of Unsweetened and Unfiltered. Dunya, are you okay? Because you walked into my apartment limping. You're evil, honestly. <laughs> so you guys, I had um, a little boxing event that I went to. Little tiny me decided to sign up for a boxing class. Um, more so because Jihan, who's listening, told me, hey, you should try it out. And I put it off for such a good while. But then like, she's like, just do it. And I'm like, you know what? Why? Why am I so scared to try new things? Like, I never thought I would go into boxing. And it's more so just like for cardio and being fit and whatnot. I'm not actually like, a, is it Mayweather that boxes? I think I'm so. asking the wrong person. Yeah, you're asking the but wrong basically, person. it's not like that serious, but it's it's serious enough where my face like you guys the trainer she kept asking me during the whole workout when i went there and jane was there too it was it was such a fun experience the trainer kept asking me like are you sure you don't want a water break i'm like what's wrong with her i'm like no i don't need a water break i'm fine like i can handle this i go into the washroom you guys after the entire workout and my face i have never seen my face so red like red like zayna i look like i was about to die like i don't know i look like i was sunburned or something and i was like damn but did you enjoy it i enjoyed it because from my head to my like toes literally they you work you it. out you feel it and i kudos to jihan she's amazing she's so dedicated she goes like literally four times wow. a week yeah and Michelle, she's that's awesome and i was trying to like catch up to her i'm like dang like you know what would I mean? you go back yeah i am i'm actually signing up and everything Good. okay cool because i did um usually those high intensity classes are that's the ones that was. you feel it because i did orange theory for like a good month and a half two months it was like a, oh that's what it is because yeah it's right next to my it house it was orange theory is one of those high intensity classes where like in an hour you're burning like between like 900 to a thousand calories I remember when we first met i was going to the gym that's what i was doing and i would oh, literally yeah, that's leave so true. yeah i would like get there at like 8 p.m and leave drenched in sweat but you feel it and you notice a difference right away okay let me be honest right now and a lot of girls can relate so um there's two memberships there's one where it's unlimited and like basically i'll just quit my actual gym membership and start going there as often as i'd like or there's the membership where you go once a week i chose the one that's once a week but it's obviously not a better price or anything like that and the reason being is because like you just said you're drenched i'm not trying to wash my hair you guys and straighten uh, it oh my god every morning yes or every night i'm not i can't do that i don't know if it's just like a ought to be thing if it's a girl thing or what it's but just it's, too much work it's too much hair i'm not trying to dry that like i'm gonna go bald by the end of this membership if i'm gonna wash my hair every single day so that's like the one thing that sometimes gets in the way of my workouts let's be honest like i just having to wash your hair yeah and i, know I that kind of sounds like to all the guys listening like you like you guys don't wash your hair every day but like only good girls know the struggle of having to wash and style their hair if it's not that oily it could go for three days that doesn't mean we don't wash our bodies you guys it's like different i mean yeah if you don't get it you don't get it okay? you don't get it that's yeah. what i'm saying you don't get it but i i it's love so it so sad that that's what stops us that's what stops me i would have a perfect body you guys but it's my hair and washing we need like <laughs> professional stylists living in our homes to um, do our hair for us yes i'm also because i'm going to miami in like two weeks or so oh you're trying to get so I'm fit, trying to get girl <laughs> I'm trying to lose as much pounds in my gut as possible. Oh, you're so like... Well, you know why? My fat goes literally in my gut. Like, it doesn't go anywhere else. It doesn't go where it they should go. They say that's some stress, but I don't know how, like... Yeah, I guess much. it could be. Well, I'm not going to lie. But it's also because at my job, I'm always sitting. I'm literally always yeah, sitting, which too. is not good. So it does go... It yeah. all goes down there or whatever. <laughs> Let's just get into the advice segment. Yes, my we favorite got a part. really interesting one this week. Um, and so this is the question. Dear Zaina and Dunya, I've been married for 14 years. When my husband and I met, I was still in school and didn't have a steady job or income. Since then, I've graduated, worked my way up the corporate ladder, and alhamdulillah, I was able to land a great job with great pay. The only issue is now I make more than him. 
At first, he didn't seem bothered by it, but lately I can tell it's become something he seems insecure about. He refuses to let me pay for anything, especially in front of friends or his family. He began working even longer hours, picking up more shifts just to make more money. I've tried to talk to him about it, but what else can I do to make him see that me making more money is not a big deal? So you know what? That's so interesting because I've been seeing that so often like in person like i'll talk to girls because it's kind of a good thing and a bad thing it's a bad thing because obviously it causes like the the strain on the marriage but it's a good thing that all these girls are getting their education on and they're making their money and they're financially independent which we're going to have an episode on just being financially independent and i think that's super important but another thing is there was like study that shows like there is like an all-time high of women being the breadwinners and i think that's something we should celebrate because obviously some like equal pay is something that we are still struggling with like we make a fraction of what male counterparts make so like the fact that women are getting paid more nowadays is something that should be celebrated but let's take a step into this the husband's shoes Mm -hmm. and and see you know he was so used to being the supporter being the provider being the one who brought home the bread and now his wife is doing that and I think maybe he may feel you know insecure like not a man in in his in his point of view I agree because like, okay, I, this is what I, it, it's kind of unfortunate because I feel like when a couple lives their life living paycheck to paycheck, it causes a huge strain on their marriage. But then on the flip side, when a woman makes more, that's also causing a strain in the marriage. And I'm not, I understand why, because yes, a man feels like he is emasculated. So I think as a woman, you should never downplay your your accomplishments. I'm so against that. I don't think you should ever downplay it, but you should never overdo it and you shouldn't make him feel less than you if just because he makes less than you and there's ways to go about it as as a couple i think you should really focus on like why are you both working what's the reason you guys are both working and that's your focusing on now your goals because you want a vacation you want better schooling for your kids you want to even just provide for your kids so let's take a step back and really focus on why the both of you are actually waking up every morning and you have a job and you have a career and you're going into what's work. the end goal that's what is the end goal so let's focus on that and then also you don't want to take that title of provider away from him so you cannot make his salary seem like it's a disposable salary like oh you can just spend on whatever no sit down look at your bills agree on who should pay what bill and then that's it stick to it if he has to pay the mortgage and you're paying something else then just keep it that way yeah and i also think that like gender roles are changing completely nowadays but you look around and a lot of guys are staying home and taking care of the kids while the girl goes to work and makes money so i think you also have to come in terms with like things are changing and the fact that more women are getting their education and working doesn't mean it has to be a negative thing in the eyes of the guys that we decide to live with and and get married it should be something that like i said before celebrate it it should make your marriage stronger that you're financially stable and you're you're chilling i mean both of you guys are bringing in an income like that's amazing and i think that we have to kind of throw away the thing that like oh you know i make more money than him he makes more money than we me we are a partnership we are marriage is a partnership and we are a team so like we shouldn't be placing one person's job higher than the other that's actually a great point about teamwork because i feel like when we look at a marriage we look at it from every angle and every aspect as a team so when it comes to raising your kids or how you handle rainy days and whatnot you guys both work as a team so why is it any different when it comes to salaries I don't think it should be like that so again I feel like you guys need to designate certain bills to one another do not ever take the title of provider away from him I feel like 
I don't know, we're just socially conditioned to always view men as that and the woman as being the girl or the woman at home taking care of the kids. But I'm sorry, like, we need to change that. We and need I to switch it, it up. I think it is changing, but I also think just sitting down with him, having, like, an evening to yourselves and talk about the fact that, yes, I make more than you, but it doesn't mean you're less than, doesn't mean you're not important in this household, that you do, you do carry your weight in your own way. And just, I mean, just be honest with him. And just the way even like navigating like savings accounts and whatnot, maybe instead of saying a dollar amount, like, hey, you have to put a certain dollar amount every month. No, how about like a percentage? Just say right, 2% right. of your check, 2% of my check, whatever, put it in there. At the end of the month, we'll see where we're at. I think that that's a good way to do it. Also, there's more to a job than just the salary. Let's talk about like, hey, how was your day? What was your highlight? What projects are you working on? Maybe if we focus on what the other person is doing more so than on how much they're the making, numbers, yeah. then he'll feel more purposeful and say like dang I really had a great day today at work I did a lot I finished a lot of projects I'm not making as much as my wife but I'm actually getting things done but you're done. getting things done exactly yeah. so I hope hopefully that helps that, yeah honestly I hope that truly does help because I mean like us women we were okay for the longest of guys being the breadwinner yeah. so I don't know I, I think it's it's a positive thing it to is, be honest it is. definitely be proud of yourself so let's move on to our guest today's episode is a little emotional. It's something that we've wanted to talk about, losing a loved one. And I think it's really important to just have a healthy conversation about that sometimes. Because I feel like it's something everyone goes through at least once in their life. This sounds so morbid, but you can pass away from yeah. before all your family members. So that's okay. what? so depressed now. <laughs> I am depressed. But you know what? She, Our guest, who is Mina Aldas, she's very lighthearted and I love her. So yeah. she made this conversation very easy. She is a 25-year-old based in New York. She's actually a full-time social media director and creator of the meme shop which is one of our favorite instagram pages you guys have to follow it it's the then instead of spelling meme the way you guys would think to spell it it's actually m-e-e-m so how you say shop it. Yeah. yeah it's how you say it exactly say it. i love how she did it um and yeah it's an arab american platform that empowers us through humor and i'm telling you guys it is my favorite instagram it page I, we always send each other like the posts like the latest posts because they're so witty funny and, and funny yeah. and relatable and relatable in a way that like only arab americans will understand which kind of makes it funnier kind of yeah. makes it like more secluded more like it makes this is our community it is that's exactly what it is it really makes you feel like this is my community i can relate because nobody else says open the yeah, lights like i can't show anyone at work these memes because they won't understand it but i can text them to my cousins or or like, know, my like the way we yeah. were sending it to each other honestly i i really loved it and yeah. i'm so glad that they did this and you know why because she said they want to focus on the positives of being an arab american rather than always like right. the political and all that stuff right but in this episode she really dives into um finding out her dad's diagnosis mm -hmm. um a fatal diagnosis uh dealing with losing her father and kind of dealing with the aftermath of him being gone just navigating life after mm. a huge part of your life is gone right that's very hard it is it's and a, again nobody gives us a manual on how to navigate loss i mean it's not fun at it's all it's not but she handles it in a way that makes it easy for her to kind of not like just forget about it and not deal with it but kind of live her life with the with idea the that her dad is yeah her dad is not here with us anymore absolutely so before we dive in we want to announce our giveaway winner yes. this week we partnered up with Katati, which is a family-run business based in Chicago. Shout out to yeah. them. Um, I came across her page and I've, because I said whenever I have my own house, I would love like those engravings 
and they say like it's a, either a surah or a name or yeah. whatnot and you hang it on your wall and it's beautiful pieces so um they're very passionate about like providing innovative yeah very elegant like i'm telling you like super elegant hand so chic yeah, yeah and it's handcrafted islamic art pieces um and they're beautiful i think they're so nice when they just like you put it on a wall and it's like a nice accent on a wall so from the design sketches to the molding to the painting, all their manufacturing is handmade. And I'm all here for supporting small families, yeah. small businesses that come Especially from a family. Especially when it's handmade. You feel like it's like made with love. Yeah, and that's what they said. Yeah. Based on their page, actually, you know what? The, they also said it's like every piece is created with care and perfection. And it's high quality stuff. Yeah. And it, it's beautiful. Like I've seen videos of people hanging their pieces from Katati, and it's it's so nice. And I love yeah, it. So you should our, get one for I your know, place. I want to wait until like we move for me to buy like accessories like my walls are so bare right now because i don't want to like have to <laughs> like buy something now that won't look good once we move but well, uh, yeah that's so i'm true. definitely like bookmarking this page and i will uh definitely be ordering soon so so you want to announce our yes, winner actually? our winner is shireen x abu ali shireen you can inbox us and we can provide you with the details on how to get your beautiful piece of art yeah, you guys make sure that you do check them out on Instagram. We will be sharing their link and everything. And you know what else? I also want to comment on the fact that they're very affordable. And sometimes when people make these pieces, they're not that affordable. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because it's like, oh, you want it. But it's, you know, it's the price is a little hefty. Okay, <laughs> it's a little too heavy. But their prices are very affordable. So please check them out. We will provide the link. And yeah, yeah. you want to jump into the episode? Let's do it. Thank you so much, Mina, for joining us. This is like a very vulnerable topic and it's not something that's going to be, I don't know, it's not going to be easy to talk about, honestly. So I definitely want to start from the beginning with your relationship with your dad and how is your family dynamic and everything. And I want to talk about just straight from the beginning. It's definitely not an easy topic. And this is the first time that I'm like sitting down and talking to people other than, you know, my friends and my family, like just very openly talking about it. But I was born into the most close, close, tight-knit family ever. So losing someone that's so direct in my family just feels so weird. And still till this day, it feels so, so odd. But yeah, I mean, we're all super close. We're all pretty close in age as well. Um, and we just grew up to really, you know, friends are here, but it was always our motto. Friends are here, but our family is what's here forever. And we just, we're super close. That's absolutely true because, you know, that point you bring about how you and your siblings are very close in age. And I think that's why my sisters and I and even my brothers were like literally attached at the hip. Not to the point where we're always hanging out with each other. But like you said, like, I know they have my back. And we've all now grown up where we're around the same age and the right. same maturity. Because when you grow up, your siblings are your first friends. Like those are the first friends you make. So obviously you're going through life together. You're going to be close. When it comes to your dad, how was your relationship with your dad? I want to like obviously highlight that first before getting into the sad news. So I have an older sister and a younger brother, so I'm right in the middle. Um, I was always, and they're going to hate me for this, but I definitely was always closer to him. I, we had such a special bond where it was like I got his sense of humor and he never could be mad at me because I can always make him laugh. It was that sort of thing. So I feel like we all were so close to him, but I feel like me and him had that like, we're buds kind of relationship. He could never stay, like I said, too mad at me or anything like that. So 
he's my best friend and he is my best friend. I don't want to always keep speaking about him in the past tense. He is my best friend and he's here and he's watching over us. But yeah, super, super close to him. And yeah. I, I totally get that because like, were you ever like, were you be, were you able to be like really open with your dad? Because I know people have this negative connotation with Arab dads where they think they're super strict. You can't even breathe around your dad the wrong way or anything like that. I didn't have that relationship with my dad. Like I was, I'm the same way. I'm very close to my dad and he's very open-minded and he, my dad was always chill. So did you have that relationship where you could tell him basically almost anything, not anything, but <laughs> almost anything? Yeah. There are limitations to that. <laughs> definitely. But I definitely, I mean, yeah, my dad was actually a lot cooler than my mom. So in my household, she was like, we were so afraid of her like good and he was always the easy guy. Yeah. He was so easy. And even like to ask him to hang out, we'll be like, oh, can I go out with so-and-so? He'll be like, just ask your mom, just as long as she says yes. He never really was too strict on us. And like you're saying, that is like such an Arab dad misconception. But with him, we never felt that way. And I did, and especially towards the end, I opened up to him so much about my relationship. I'm not dating someone who's Arab or Muslim. He's in the process of converting. But I did speak to him about that, and I got his blessing. And so that to me, when I tell other people that they're like, you told your Arab dad this, and they kind of don't believe that he was very okay with what I was doing. So yeah, I mean, we always had a really close relationship. He's so open-minded, again, with like <laughs> within reason, but for sure. I never felt too scared to tell him things. And I wonder what it, what is it? Because like, that's how I feel. Like there's like a dynamic between my dad and my uncle, like they're brothers, but my uncle is very old school, very like, yeah, it's strict. Like my cousins always like, they told us like, we envy how you guys were brought up because your dad seems so chill. And the same way with you, like we had to ask my dad first, cause we knew we would get the yes from my dad and the no from my mom. Yeah. But it was really annoying to always call my dad at work and bother him. Like, Hey, mom is not letting us go here and there. You <laughs> yeah. know, it was, like, always the worst. Yeah. yeah, but it was just, it was such so it's like you have a great balance in your family that's what I'm getting from you and that's how our families are you know you have that nice balance but I mean where did all everything I I don't know if saying that where everything went wrong is the right thing to say but where did everything just change my dad always had diabetes so any sickness or any weird feeling we'd always blame it on the diabetes um so I guess him being diagnosed with cancer, we didn't grasp it telling us the pain that he had. We didn't get that. We were like, oh, it's diabetes. And in my family, we have this like, weird thing with doctors. We're so afraid to like visit a doctor just because we don't want the bad news. But any pain that he felt on his side, we'd be like, oh, it's fine. It's just blah, blah, blah. Like, don't worry about it. But we finally were like, okay, we're going to take you to the doctor because clearly this is not something that's easy you're struggling he had like issues like getting up and doing that whole thing so right when we visited doctors it was right away like oh he was diagnosed with liver cancer and it was that's it pretty much it was like a matter of fact yeah 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 it was like we spent the night at the hospital me and my entire family and then the next morning we got the diagnosis and here's how we treat it and here's how you go about but that's pretty much it and I don't know if you guys have ever dealt with anyone who has been diagnosed with cancer, but it's such a life-changing experience mentally as well. So not only is it a physical thing, but your entire life being a cancer patient is changed, but then also everyone around you. It's just you live life so much differently. 
I think just getting that diagnosis, like you said, mentally just kind of puts you at a roadblock, like, oh my God, like we kept blaming it on this diabetes, but it's something so much more serious. But I'm trying to put myself in that situation and and getting that news, did it hit you right away that, oh my God, my dad has cancer or was it kind of like a numb feeling? It was so much crying involved, but I think for me, and I can't speak for anyone else in my family, I think for me, I was almost in denial. Like, and I act like this still, like if my family is sick, I'm always like, oh, you're making such a big deal out of it. It's nothing, but it's not that I don't care. It's almost that I don't want it to be true because I've it just experienced other people having cancer. And I know that it doesn't always end up the way you want it to end up. You're not always cure and you don't always get those miracle stories from me. I just wanted to block it out. And I was always like trying to be positive. I was always like, hey guys, like, no, it's fine. We're going to beat this. We're in this together. And maybe it felt like I wasn't being as emotional, but it wasn't that at all. It was just because I was so terrified to even accept the news that, you know, my dad, who was so strong and he's this like fighter, had this horrible thing happen to him. It's interesting because it's like, again, it's like your own dad, like somebody that you look up to. And I don't know when I think of my dad, he's like the, the strongest person yeah. in our family. And he's the one that holds our family together. And that's like how I viewed my dad. But when it comes, like you said, to like having a family member being diagnosed with cancer, um, that was probably like the first time I ever, like honestly, like literally physically felt like my heart dropped. Like, and that's because that was when we brought my grandmother to Pal- from Palestine to here and she wasn't doing well. And as soon as they gave us a diagnosis, I don't know, I it was just like you, I was like, wow, like you don't want to believe it. You don't believe it. You're like, you think you can overcome this, but we know what cancer is. But like, how did your, see what I'm trying to say is like, when it came to my grandmother, I don't know if people are going to like have their opinions on this, but we never told her she had cancer because mentally she's not a strong person. So we thought that it would only, she would not fight as much as she fought. How did your dad take the news when he found out that he had cancer? I think for him, it was so up and down. And I know it sounds so silly, but I think for him, the one thing that he hated so much about being on bed rest or any of that stuff was the fact that he couldn't get up and work and have like a normal life. It's that everyone around him was so like scared, like, oh, do you need help walking here? Do you need this? I think for him, he didn't want to feel like weak. And that's what everyone made him feel because we love him and we wanted to make sure that he was okay. But I think he accepted it. And, and I've never seen a guy who has cancer say alhamdulillah more. Like, he was just so thankful. I think he just was like, this is life. This is how I'm going to go about it. But yeah, I think the one thing that really, really, really bothered him was seeing all his friends go to work and live these normal lives with their families. And he was always a little bit hindered. He couldn't do exactly what he wanted to do. And and then he also felt scared. He always would tell us all this advice as if he's already gone. And it was the weirdest thing for us to hear. But it's almost like he was preparing us. He just wanted to, us to know whatever what was going to happen after he left and all of this stuff. But I don't, I can't really, I feel like he was just so on and off. It's like one day he was really sad and he wouldn't talk to anyone. And then the other day it felt like he would be like, oh, let's walk around in the living room. Like I want to get used to like walking and be on my feet a little bit more so I don't know if that answers your question but I guess I would just say on and off yeah no definitely and what I was trying to like get at also it's like sometimes you honestly I don't know if this is well this is true because I heard that like your soul kind of knows when it's about to like depart this dunya like it knows like did you you not know did you ever hear that Minna yeah so actually funny not funny story but 
my uncle, so my dad's brother passed away um, with lung cancer and a little bit, I want to say a few days before he passed, he would tell my mom that he feels like he's really going to see his brother soon. He's going to be connected to his brother. So I do think that you know when it's your time. I think it's this weird thing where I feel it's like God is preparing you and he's letting you know that everything is going to be okay. You're going to be connected to the people that you love. But then it was just the weirdest. It was so weird to hear that. Did he know? Did he know that his time was up and that, you know, he wasn't going to be with us anymore? And I think he did. Like that's when, because when my grandmother was going through that, there was a part where we were sitting in the living room. This was maybe like two months before she passed away, and she's literally I'm sitting like at the at the foot of her lap or whatever, and I had my I had my head on her lap, and she's telling me she's like I see white skies and beautiful green hills. I'm like no, I'm like we're sitting in my uncle's like living room. She's like no, she's like I legit see this right now, and so I searched scary. it and it says like you're supposed to go to heaven, but who knows how true that is? But still, like it's like what she was seeing. I was like it gave me the chills, and I I, I remember that day like I just like broke down and cried like was there ever a moment minute where you you realize like okay this is not going uphill it's kind of like not you know turning out for the best because obviously towards the end of cancer it gets really 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 bad physically mentally everything he was diagnosed in August 2016 and he passed in December 2016 so it was really only a four-month period so it was really really quick and I remember not being able to go into his room just fearing every single time i stepped in that like he was gonna pass or however it is so it's the four months were awful and you felt physically that he was changing he was losing so much weight his color was kind of changing as well so to me i think the hardest part was like this isn't my dad like he didn't joke around with us he wasn't super energetic and this is the person that we were used to so seeing him breathe a little bit more difficultly was just, I think, the toughest thing. And I wasn't even thinking about myself. I just wanted him to be okay. I wanted him to, you know, live his life the way he should live his life. So, so hard from August to December, just going into his room, talking to him, the most normal interactions that a mother and father, I mean, sorry, that a daughter and father would have just like broke my heart. And I think that's the most difficult thing for that was for me. It is. Did you, did you guys get to share any like last words that probably like would leave an impact on you kind of, did you ever have a, like, was there ever a moment where you did get a chance to have that last conversation or did it just happen abruptly where your dad just passed away? I think all of us, me, my brother and my sister would just always be a little bit more affectionate towards him towards the end, like hug him a little bit more, check up on him more, call him more. I don't know if we had like a significant conversation, but my mom tells us that they had very important conversations and she would replay those back to us. And I think that made us feel a little bit better, but I can't pinpoint exactly like a time where I just sat there and had a heart to heart with him. But I know for sure that I tried to show him that I loved him and he tried as much as he could to show me that he felt the same about me. So I think that's the connection that we had before he left. But I wish I had a conversation with him that I can like cherish forever, but that moment didn't happen for us. Yeah, and I think it's actually harder to have that conversation because you know how it's going to end, you know the end result. But I think also like whenever I have a friend that's going through an issue, I try to be the strong one 
even if I know deep down, like, this is bad for her, this is something that she's going through, and I truly, truly, like, am sympathetic, I'll show her that, like, it's okay, like, everything's fine. Did you feel, like, responsible for, like, lifting your dad's spirits up or, like, lifting your family's spirits up? Crying near my dad was not allowed. Like, my mom was like, nobody cries in front of him. Like, we're making him stronger. We're not, we're not here to show him that, like, this is sad. And we're just going to lift him up by being so positive. We would still joke around. We would do that thing. It was just on his end. He wasn't as responsive to us. But yeah, I mean, we never, ever, ever show him that like we were crying or that we were broken because I think for him, I don't know how that would have felt. I don't, I'm assuming it would have felt good to see that everyone around him was like so upset. And I think we definitely were trying to be a little bit more stronger. It's hard. It's so true because like when I would be sitting next to my grandmother and I would get an emotional moment because obviously sometimes it hits you in waves, right, Minna? Like oh, for sure, yeah. The the reality of it, it hits you in waves and I would cry, but I would like sit back a little bit and hold on because she was much older. It was hard for her to maneuver and look at me or anything. So I would sit back and I would literally just tear up by myself and then I would just wipe my tears and continue like my conversation with her because I never wanted her. Again, she didn't know that she had the cancer, so we never wanted to let her know that we know something that she doesn't know. Yeah, also, but when you're crying, they start to worry more. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the last thing you want is to add more like stress onto them. Absolutely. Um, I want to go back to like the diagnosis. So when you got the the diagnosis that he has liver cancer, did they give you a time period of like, this is how long he has to live or this is how serious it was? Uh, no. And his doctors were actually, you hear all these like horror stories. These doctors are so awful and they're so blunt with you. They were actually super supportive and they felt like he could get better. He wasn't healthy enough, I guess, to qualify for a transplant and he didn't do chemo because his body wasn't gonna do like work well with chemo so that was kind of like they're saying that he's gonna get better but he can't do any of the things that are gonna get him better so we just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and I think we were fighters till the end like I say that we were so upset but we really did fight till the last moment that he was here with us there was no time frame and there was no way that we could have ever known that it was going to happen that moment the Um, reason i'm asking is i know a lot of people who have lost loved ones suddenly and they say that they wish they knew it was coming they wish they got a diagnosis they wish they could have like quote unquote prepared for it and like we were talking about this earlier didn't you how do you prepare for something like that like it's not as easy as you know getting a phone call and, and hearing that someone died is a little bit different than going through months of like watching them slowly deteriorate and slowly like lose who they are. I don't know which one's easier. I've never been in that situation, but I feel like for people who say it's easier, I that's it's kind of like unfair I, I to don't, say. It's very unfair to say that just because we receive like you received your dad's diagnosis, I received my grandmother's diagnosis, like you actually are physically seeing this person deteriorate right before your right. eyes day in day out I think it was like probably the hardest thing I've ever went through in in my entire life mind you both my grandmothers passed away like four months apart so one we got just a phone call it was sudden and to this day I have not accepted it because I haven't visited her visited her home in Palestine to physically see that she's not there but for this grandmother I still mourn her I like I I don't know it's just a different feeling I really feel like she passed away because I seen her right before my eyes take her last breath like she passed away so it's not easy right minutes it's it's not and it's, it is funny, like you were saying, time to prepare. I don't think anyone or anything in the world can prepare you for losing a parent. Like my friend always says, 
your parents know a life without you, but as a child, you don't know a life without your parents. From the moment you are born, you are with your parents. Like they're the only people that you know, they have your back. So to say that time will prepare you, not at all. I think if I even had like five years, six years, however long it was from the moment he was diagnosed to the moment he passed, I still wouldn't have been prepared. No, I don't think anything prepares you, yeah. I never realized that. Yeah, your parents had a life before you and your siblings, but like that's all we we were born into this world and the first people that we seen were our own mother and father. Like, And we're lucky enough because we are Arab. I think uh, Arab parents have such a strong connection with their children and they're so invested in their children's lives. So I feel like with my American friends, I don't think, and maybe they do have it in a different way, but I feel like Arab families are just so close it, to the point where it's like kind of unhealthy how close we are. But yeah, so it's, it's so different. There's nothing that can get you ready for that moment to like go a loved one. So that brings us like to the part of like child guilt. And I know we talked about this off mic, Minna, and it's the weirdest thing. I don't know if you guys experience this, but sometimes like if I'm off, like out on a trip or even if I'm out for the whole entire day running errands, I have this guilt like, why am I not home with my mom? Why am I not home with my dad? Why am I not spending time with my family? But it's like, it's weird because you're doing things that you have a reason to do. It's not like you're just like throwing your family to the curb or anything like that. Yeah. And I always have that. So I always, because I say child guilt, because they have this whole big thing about around mom guilt, like that moms feel so guilty leaving their children. But for me, it's like, I feel so guilty leaving my parents. I always felt that growing up. I never wanted to hang out too late because I was always like, oh, I want to be with my parents. Like, I feel bad. They never see us. But then after my dad passed, it was that times like a million. I feel so weird traveling or going anywhere if my mom's not around, just because I feel like I need to spend more time with her. I don't know what's gonna happen. I need to spend that moment. And I feel like you think about it so much more after you lose a parent. It's a real thing. Child guilt is a real thing. My sister says she feels it all the time. Zina, you have to feel it. Yeah, so I was gonna say it's a much smaller scale than what you feel, but like when I got married, I'm from Florida and I moved to Chicago. And I remember leaving my wedding hall with my husband and just like breaking down crying. like. I should have been nicer. Not that I'm like mean to my mom, but like I should have like not argued with her and I should have like done what she asked. And like that guilt kind of like came over me all at once. And it was a lot. Well, then in Minna's case, your dad passed away. Did you ever, did you at that moment when your dad passed away, sit down with yourself and you kind of like almost broke down because you felt like maybe you could have been nicer towards your dad? Not that, like you said, not that we're horrible children, but there are moments where we could have been a little bit more patient. Yeah, I replayed every single argument or eye rolling that I've ever done. It's like, you look second by second. Like, did he know that I loved him, even though I maybe I didn't tell him or we got into arguments or we had these little like conflict and you replay that and you feel so awful about yourself, but it's life. And my mom always like, after he passed, she would always tell us like, do I think that you guys are going to be angels now that you lost your father and that like we're never going to get into arguments and all that no because that's life and we get into arguments with the people that we love we kind of get annoyed with the people that we love but he knows that you loved him and that's all that really matters but yeah you replay every single aspect of your life and you want to make sure that he went and he like left by knowing that you loved him and it's tough because you have shared all these memories and some of them weren't the greatest but you have to 
talk yourself out of the negative thinking, I think. I think that is one of the hardest things is just like because you you do become like really hard on yourself because you realize like, damn, sometimes I was like a shitty person to my own parent. And then it's interesting because like you lost him like three years ago where you're you're still in your 20s, right? You're what? Yeah, I was I'm 25 now. So I was 22. Yeah. And then you realize how short of a time span you actually enjoyed this life with your parent. You You look back and it's like, whoa, that was it went by so yeah. quick and we take that for granted we really do we really do and then so i can think of it that way where i'm like i spent such a short amount of time with my dad or i can think like wow there are other kids in the world who lost their parents at such a young age so i feel so bad but then i'm like why do i feel bad like i spent so much time with him i got to share one of the most crucial years of my life with him so Whenever I start thinking like that, because it does happen, I always pull myself back and I'm like, no, think of all the good times you spent with him and don't think that like there's another portion of your life that he's not going to be with you. Just replay the good. Because I think if I think like that, I'd have just such a difficult time maneuvering my own life. I would always feel like, oh, but he's not here. Any good thing that happened to me. And I still feel it, but I just try not to completely get mixed into that yeah yeah because then you kind of almost take away the time that you could be spending with your mom and then it could be like a domino effect like could have spent more time with my mom with my siblings like it 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 really matters if you start looking at the positives more than the negatives and it's not like you're completely forgetting about your dad but it's just it's 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 a matter of fact he's not here anymore but you have to at least spend the time with who is here have you like adopted ways of like keeping his spirit alive in a sense where like when you do reach a big milestone, how do you acknowledge the fact that, yes, he's not here, but I know that he he is here in a sense, if that makes sense. I don't know. If- I mean, we don't, me and my family, we don't stop talking about him to the point where I feel like people are almost like, shut up, like we get it, but we don't ever stop telling stories. We are always like, oh, Bubba would love this. Like he would like this, blah, blah, blah. Like we're, if we're eating like whatever, something sweet, my dad had such a sweet tooth those things like always remind us of him. There are certain things that just will never, ever go away. I have a few of his shirts hung up in my closet. It's like, he's around me. He's not like physically here, but he's here. And I know he hears me sometimes. So it's like, I'll, I'll write him little notes on my phone or I'll try to speak to him every single night. It's stuff like that, that like, that does everything for me. That keeps him alive for me always, is to just always, He's always here. We're always going to speak about him. He He's not here here, but he's somewhere around. He feels us and we feel him at times. So, you know what professionals actually say? This is interesting that it's healthy and it's normal and that you should talk to your loved ones that passed away, like walking down the street, anything you want to share with them, just to say it, just to say it out. Because I and think to say it out loud too, not just to think it. it there's like this calming effect of when you say it out loud, you almost feel like he's talking back. He's not, but saying it out loud just helps so much more, I think. It really does. And like for me, when I like the way what helps me heal is because like I said, my grandmother passed here, passed away here. So I actually go to her gravestone. I know it sounds creepy, you guys, but I go every weekend and that's just my form of like healing. And I talk to her and I make dua. And I know you can make dua anywhere you are. But for me, I have this guilt, like if I don't go that I don't know. It's just, I feel like, like shit, honestly, like I feel like I should go because I used to always visit her when she was alive. Like I want to keep it going. You haven't gone back to your dad's like gravestone. Yeah. Um, 
I and I'm the only person in my family that has not gotten back. And for me, I think a big part of that is just because I don't want to associate my dad with death. And I always say, like, we, I, I hate that I always talk about him like he's not here anymore and he has died. And it's that awkward conversation when people ask what your parents do and you have to explain that whole thing. So for me, keeping him alive is not going to see him. Um, and I know that he understands why. And I, I sometimes do feel guilty. And I don't like to say it too much because people have all their opinions on, on that particular thing. But... I think if I keep thinking about him as if he has died and he's not here anymore, that's all I'm going to think of him as. But I don't want to replay any of the moments where he had passed away or he was sick. I only want to remember my dad being the positive, funny, joking guy that he was and that everyone knew him as. So to block that out is, I think, the way I'm coping with it now. And who knows, maybe in a few weeks or months or years, I'm going to want to go. But at this moment, I don't feel like it's what's best for me. Yeah, I think that raises like a really interesting point of how everyone grieves so differently. I mean, Dunya, you grieve and you've dealt with the, that loss by visiting her gravesite every weekend. And Mina, you can't bring yourself to do that. And I think it's so important to realize that like everyone goes through things differently. Everyone handles things differently and we cannot judge the way that someone grieves. You can't because like I know people that have had parent, lost parents or something like that and literally the next month they were out of town and just they went on a little vacation but you guys that's probably how they're grieving. Yeah. You don't know how deep down or at night when they're going to bed how much they're what crying. What they deal with, yeah. What they're, deal, what and they're dealing with. And you only see, you, I feel like you only see just a little bit of what people want to show you because I'm not sitting here on Instagram talking about how much I miss my dad every single day, but I miss him every single day. And every moment of my life, I'm thinking about him, but I don't need to show people that. So for me, like, I feel like I can never judge how anyone is dealing with how they're dealing with it because I've already experienced such a traumatic thing and I figured out how I'm dealing with it. And that's different than how my sister is dealing with it. And that's different than how my brother is dealing with it. So even the closest people to you deal with situations so differently, but yeah, you don't ever judge. Don't ever judge what people are going through and how they're going through it. Yeah, because if somebody took a selfie of them crying over a lost loved one, people are like, oh my God, they're so dramatic. Do we, uh, we need to see? Just doing it for attention, yeah. We never needed to see that or anything like that. But like, the way that's what i'm saying like the reason why i go to the cemetery every weekend i guess that's like my connection to her to my grandmother after she passed away like i think you should it's healthy and you need to find not healthy to the way i'm doing it it's whatever you choose to do it but what is your connection still to your dad like yeah so you have like your, his shirts hanging in your room and stuff like that like how do you feel like you're still connected to him even though he's like in another world um like i said just talking about him all the time and then i always will write to him so it's probably psychotic if you guys were ever to look at my notes on my iPhone, but I'll leave like little notes of things that he would have appreciated. So like getting a promotion at work or, you know, starting a business, whatever it is, it's like stuff that like, I feel like he wanted to see a super successful and he's not here to see it. I'll write to him and it just helps me feel like he's here and that he's not erased from my life and that I'm just talking to him still, like how I would have talked to him. I'm talking to him in a different form and that's okay. That's how I keep him alive, I guess. That's so interesting. And I think that's so such a powerful thing for you to do. And I don't think you should ever stop doing that. If that's how you feel close to him, who cares what how other people would judge that? You know what I mean? But I feel like that's 
I don't know. I got the chills when you were saying that. Journaling is the new. I don't want to say the new wave, but it's the it's the it's a very healthy way to cope. It's with a things. form of therapy. It is a form of therapy because yeah. that's something else that I searched when I wanted to like grieve and cope and everything. And it was one of them is like journaling, just writing things down. And I think that's like the most important because I think that's when you're like literally just being your true self and like expressing your true emotions on paper. Sometimes it's easier to do that than to express how you feel, you know, with your verbally, family or friends yeah. or verbally or whatever. I also think grief kind of causes a little bit of fear. And, and what I'm talking about when it comes to fear is just like almost losing the memories of your dad or how he looks like. How did you ever feel that or experience that? Yes. And that is the most frustrating thing is to forget how their voice sounded or forget their laugh or how they look. And in your head, your memories are kind of fuzzy. And unfortunately, we didn't take that many pictures with my parents. Like, I don't have that many recent pictures with my dad. I kind of have the throwbacks that I'll reuse over and over again, and I'll just stare at them all over and over again. But I wish I had documented so much more of his life, just for my sake, because it's so sad to feel like you're forgetting someone who means the world to you. And, and it happens so naturally. If you're not seeing someone constantly, the memory of them in your head kind of fades. And I, I would say that's probably the most frustrating thing with dealing with that. I, I can cry just talking about it. But to, to not, especially for me, I think my dad had such a significant laugh. And to not remember his laugh breaks my heart. That is, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little emotional because that's kind of sad because, um, wow, I don't want my voice to crack. <laughs> we just come from a family where we have so many home videos, you guys, like endless home videos. So it's like... And keep those forever. Yes, because if I didn't have that, I would be like bawling just like you like crying not to just for to realize that one day i'm gonna forget like my dad's voice or his laugh or anything like that that's hard that's yeah. like that's a whole nother level of mourning somebody when you don't have like those precious moments physical things that you can hold on to that remind you of them because i had for the longest time his voicemails to me saved on my phone but i lost my phone so i lost those those voice notes and that broke me for so long it's funny though because the voice notes were all of me like in trouble and coming home to <laughs> yeah <me>. of course <laughs> but like it's still that connected me so much to him but then my mom found video so it's like i feel like god was like don't worry there's there's still something there for him but the moment i lost my phone and i lost those voice notes oh my god i just felt like i lost a huge part of me because that for the longest time connected me to him to hear his voice over and over again felt like he was in my presence and so I, I completely get what you're saying like losing a loved one and somebody that's super close to you I don't know about you guys but do you guys ever like when you go to bed you have this overwhelming feeling where literally you're just crying tears of you're just crying out of nowhere and it, it's not out of nowhere it's like you realize like how blessed you are because of who's still around you like yeah. you have your mom your your siblings do you ever have that feel like obviously there's gonna come a time where they're gonna go as well and do you just ever have that sinking feeling in your heart like i'm not ready to mourn another family member or anything like that and obviously this came out of nowhere and it could happen to anyone in my family I get so scared and I get, I think the most scared when it comes to my mom, I get so scared to lose my mom. But then I think of how negative it is to think like that. And I don't ever want to put it forth to be like, Oh, one day I'm going to lose her. I don't want to think about that moment. I want to think about the moment that I have with her now. 
So, and I guess that is where the child guilt comes back in. Also, you're like, oh, maybe I'll spend like one whole day with her. Like I'll dedicate one day to just my family because one day we won't be here. But I'm so lucky to have them in my life now. And I hope we're in each other's lives forever. <laughs> so to me, like I, I, I do feel that way, but I don't want to be stuck in feeling that way that one day they're going to not be here or I'm not going to be here, whatever it is. But I just want to think about the moment that I have here with them now. But it is this like overwhelming feeling of fear every night or even certain moments of the day, you'll think of death and it's like the end of your day. You feel like I'm your day you, is it, just ruined. Yeah. It comes in waves. It yeah. really does. You can't control, even for somebody that lost a, a parent, your dad, like it probably still comes in waves where you can't control how you feel at any moment. Like some things may trigger the thought of thinking of your dad or a memory or anything like that and you're just gonna like yeah even like smells sometimes will like remind me of certain people that like I don't have in my life now or like they live further away um but I think a really good point was like just having those memories of the people that you love and like cherishing those memories because like usually especially if they're older because I feel like usually like we'll sit around whenever my grandparents are in town and like listen to my grandfather tell the same stories that we've already listened to and like I've seen some cousins get really annoyed by that like oh like he's telling this story again but it's like no like one day like god forbid inshallah it's a long time from now we're not gonna have him and like you're gonna wish and you're gonna like pray for those stories and like it's just so important to like live in the moment and cherish those moments that you have with your loved ones that's a great point Zana because once like we used to always get on a phone call with my grandfather in Palestine all the time and then there was one time I was rushing out of the house and I, do, I told him like they're on the phone call with my grandfather and I told my dad Hollis I'll just I'll catch him next weekend because you, you just oh that's it you know you're gonna catch him next weekend a few days later he passes away and that could have been my last conversation so it's like I held on to that and now I like I literally emphasize the importance of like calling your grandparents or calling your mom or calling yeah, you really good with that, didn't you? because it's something that I was like if only I didn't take that for granted. We really do truly in life take for granted the moments with our families and our loved ones and our best friends and everything. We, we're so, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Life seems so fast paced that you don't have time for I think for we people. just act so busy. We do, I, like I our know, phone, we do. Yeah, like our phone would ring and it'd be like our mom texting us or calling us. It's like, I'll just call her later. But like, you don't realize that like, she comes might first. not happen. Like, exactly. We act busy and we also act like nothing is ever going to happen to us. Like we just act like, oh, I'm not going to call or I'll see her next time, whatever it is. But no, oh, my God, take the call, send the message, whatever it is. Just do it because you really don't know when things are going to happen. You you don't. And even even young people are like, you know, like they'll get in a car crash, which is so sad. And it's like those are your friends. Those are somebody that you thought you, you can't always assume that people are going to live to an old age either. Not you know what all. I mean? Yeah. Like even our parents, we see them as young people. Like you, you assume somebody that's in their 80s and with like, you, you know, they're the ones that are going to pass away, not your own parents or your siblings or cousins. You know what I mean? Like you, we just I don't know. I feel like we're so immune. to We think that we're immune to death, but it's going to happen. Yeah. It's something that's like a definite when it came to your household like your family dynamic after your dad passed away I think we realized or we don't realize while they're here how much responsibilities our parents have and they do so many things behind the scenes to make sure we have a roof over our head we're fed and we're clothed and everything did you realize after your dad passed away like damn like he used to do so much for us and we never we never realized it yeah he was like a superhero almost because it's like he did all these things and he didn't even really want thank yous or anything like that. He just did them because he took them on and he like he loved doing it. He loved being responsible for us. So 
you never realize that bills have to be paid. <laughs> you never realize that businesses have to be accounted for. So it's all that stuff that like when they pass, you're so sad that they're not there. But then there's a moment where you're like, holy crap, what, what are we going to do? We don't know anything. We don't know the ins and outs of businesses. We don't know how to really pay in a bill like normal people. We just don't know that because your parents took that responsibility. So it was almost like crunch time, like who's going to do what? And I want to give all of that to my sister. She took everything and handled it. And she almost did the same stuff that my dad did, which if she had an issue, she wouldn't tell us because she didn't want us to worry. And she, she'll always say that like, she respects my dad so much more because now for the first time ever, she's in his shoes. She's the one that's like tending for the family. Yeah, it's an overwhelming amount of responsibility that you don't realize and you take for granted when your parent is alive, that you don't realize they're doing that much for you, but they are. I'd be in shambles if my dad passed away. I feel like he does so much behind the scenes, but I mean, your sister like stepped it up and was able to like, kind of like pick up this, like you said, man of the house almost because your brother was too young. My brother was so young, but it was almost like, I remember my dad's funeral. So many of my uncles would go up to him and be like, you're the man now. And it was this like pressure that I didn't even want for my brother. He was so young. Like, what does he know about being man of the house? What does that even mean? Because like my sister was woman of the house. She really took that on and not discrediting my brother. He did so much and he helped us so much, but it was this weird pressure that just fell on him. And I kind of hated it. I didn't want him to feel that way at all. I didn't want him to have that struggle. He was a young kid. I didn't like that. And it's yeah, hard as a young... On top of the grief yeah. you're putting that pressure on. That's tough. That's a lot to go through internally. What have you learned the most from like losing your dad? Just about life in general. Oh, so much. But my dad was like the sweetest person. I know everyone says that about their parent, but he was just the nicest person. He wasn't afraid to tell people that they love them. He would literally like tell his guy friends on the phone, like, I love you, man. And it was like the weirdest thing. Cause you don't, you're not used to that Arabs. He would tear up. We always saw emotion from my dad. So I think just to be nicer to everyone and to tell people that they love them. And I remember before he passed, he had a conversation with my mom and he told her to tell me to be a little bit more affectionate. He just wanted me to like put my guard down a little bit more and be less tough. So I think I hold on to that every day. And I think, I'm going to do what Boba said, and I'm going to be a little bit softer. I think that's all he wanted for me to be just a little bit softer. But it's just something that I need in life in general. Um, so definitely to be a little bit more empathetic and, and nicer and really, like, don't take moments for granted. I think that's the light that I saw from his passing, if that makes any sense at all. No, it does. sounds weird to say that there is light, but I think you can get some positivity from the negative that happens. That's why it's like like they passed away, but their presence and their wisdom and their du'as, they still live on and it still blesses us and still guides us. Like that's why I feel like they're, I don't know, I don't, I, it kind of, it's hard for me to imagine that this person is dead. I hate the word dead. I just think of it as like, Gone. they're just in a different yeah. world than me. Like we're in different worlds right now. They're still there. They're still living, but in a completely different world. But it brings me back to just like, just the way I analyze life after a passing of a loved one is like, I think our generation, we just, like like you said, we take things for granted. I think we focus so much on our perfect Instagrams and whatnot, we're all guilty of it, but we have curated this perfect self of who we are online that we tend to forget to better ourselves offline and like to better our relationships with our loved ones offline. And yeah. like, I don't know how to explain it. I but... think it's, we only start appreciating people once they're gone. Yeah. I mean, this is like such a random thing, but like when celebrities die and it's like, 
I haven't heard from the celebrity in so long. You've never posted that you like the celebrity, but now that the celebrity died, like all of a sudden you're the biggest fan. Like Robin Williams, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Or like, yeah. yeah, like it's, you start to like realize like, oh shoot, they put out really good work or like, you know, their music was really great, but like you didn't appreciate them while they were alive. And we tend to like just notice that, that presence that they had once they're gone. But like my grandmother taught me more so like, like you said, how your dad was super kind. And I, I think that's such an amazing trait to have because you don't come across a lot of kind people. Like I'm telling you, this lady, people can screw her over and she never spoke one bad word about something. And I think I took that away from her by saying like, I, I don't know, I still am to this day. I, I get angry fast or like mad quick. And then I realized like this lady was able to take everything and anything coming towards her way. And she was still able to like be so graceful and handle it so well and not speak bad about people. So it really makes you look at life from a different lens. Is that how like you felt too? Oh, for sure. And I think also you always want to, like, I think we're so much more affectionate with my mom now. And oh my God, the amount of I love you's that get passed around in my family now and the hugs and stuff like that so much more amplified because we always are like, I hope my dad knew how much we loved him, even though we didn't sit there and tell him how much we loved him all the time. We didn't tell him how much we appreciated him. We didn't express to him our favorite qualities about him. So I feel like the other thing I think I learned from his passing is to just be so open with the people that you love and really express every single amount of like appreciation that you have towards them. Just let them know. Um, even if it's little and even if you think they're not going to care too much, let them know. Or if it even seems like it's coming out of nowhere, because sometimes you, you're right. feeling a certain yeah. type of way and <laughs> somebody comes to your mind and you just send them a nice loving tag. That's so true. We need to learn how, and this is like advice for myself, just to like let go of anger, to bite our tongues, because I feel like the harsh words you say really like, they honestly take a toll on you and they forever live in your mind because that's how you felt and then when your dad passed away you're like damn what what was the wrong things I said to my dad I hope he doesn't remember our fights or anything like that as he passed away but we want to honor your dad of course and we want to talk about your amazing new project which I'm like obsessed with oh yeah your Instagram page is like my favorite yeah ever let's talk about the meme shop where it came from obviously it came from the idea of honoring your dad and what's like the purpose of it we come from a family, like the Eldas family. We're so, we love joking. We love laughing. And then we, me and my sister started to think that's not just an our family kind of thing. That's like an Arab thing. We are such positive people, but the world never gets to see it. And a lot of times, like, we completely forget that we're humorous and we like joking and we like music and we like food. But because no other platform is shedding the light on the positivity we were like, oh, there's like clearly something missing in our own culture where we just want to show people we were so positive and coming from a home where we like really value humor. I think we just wanted to make a platform or a product or whatever it is that can kind of connect people through the language of laughter or food. So that's where the meme shop came about. As far as the name, meme, and it's funny because I think a lot of, when I say like, oh, my name's Mena and you know, my project is the meme shop. It's not even... It has nothing to do with my name. My sister was like, oh, what about we're like the meme page, but for Arabs, but obviously oh. the meme shop was taken. So we're like, you know what, let's just do meme. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I, like, but I like it. It's short, and simple, and it's aesthetically pleasing. Tongue, yeah. Yes, it really does. That's why. And I love, oh my God, the one that I really love the most, like when you guys posted that quote that says, open the light. Okay, because I still say that. I still say open the light, we're and I don't see anything to. wrong with it. <laughs> 
at work the other day, I said, close the light. And I was like, oh, I mean, like, turn off the light. <laughs> and it's like certain stuff like that, that nobody else is going to get. No. The Arabs, like in, like, I'm from Egypt. So my friends from Egypt won't get that. And then my American friends won't get that. It's this like culture that we've cultivated as being an Arab American or like Arabs living in the Western world. We have this connection that I, I think my mission with the meme shop is to have that connection be so strong that we just can feel it throughout. And even if it's five seconds scrolling through your Instagram page, or if you see our product and it sparks a smile, I feel like we've accomplished something because we have such a beautiful culture and I would hate for it to just be wasted on having it always be in the middle of politics and protests and stuff like that. And that stuff is so important, but I don't want the Arab culture to just be that. Want to show the positivity. That's really a great point because I was thinking, I was like, yeah, you're Egyptian and I'm Palestinian, but we both understood yeah. this open the lights, but that's because we're both, you're Egyptian American and Palestinian American. It is, it's like clashing it's kind of, like, of creating both that sub community within yes. a large community that mm-hmm. like only we understand these, spe- like, these specific jokes, these specific like memes. You know what I mean? But it I does, think it's so important. It, bring, it does bring light to my day. I swear to God, it made me laugh. I shared it with everybody because, <laughs> you know, she's so right. Like for once, here's a page that's just highlighting the funny parts like yeah. just like being lighthearted and like just a completely different mood because that is true everything online is so depressing nowadays it's like one bad news after the next like let me follow a page that like is tied to my roots but like in a good Makes way where it feel good yeah. yeah where it's funny and then the one about like cover your stomach or you're gonna get cold yeah, yeah. yeah that's such an arab mom thing like my mom any if i'm like coughing she's like see it's because you didn't wear like a ship shoe on your foot when i yeah. said so like, stuff like that that like Oh, it's just like I wish more people saw Arabs as positive people rather than like super aggressive like beings. And I think it's almost a way that we're humanizing ourselves. Like we can joke, we can laugh. We're not angry people all the time. Um, and it's empowering. Like I feel like we can empower people through positivity. It doesn't always have to be so negative. And it's like because the media is so great at causing like a wedge between communities and whatnot. Like we need brands and products and businesses and people just like reclaiming our narrative and just like putting a twist on it more authentic twists because yeah i mean like again you posted that and everybody loved it because it brought back like childhood memories of like yeah that's exactly how we used to talk but so this is just more so like honoring your dad because you did say like your dad was not the typical arab dad he wasn't angry and yelling at you guys or anything you guys had a great relationship jokester Yeah, yeah a jokester basically so what piece of advice would you like to leave our listeners who may be struggling with the passing of a loved one or just any advice you may have um, in just viewing life from a different lens after what you've gone through? Yeah, so I get messages sometimes and it's someone who's asking for advice because they've lost a loved one. And I actually got a message once from a girl who has lost her dad. And I don't think it ever gets easier, but I think there are ways to deal with it. And I think finding the way that works for you is so important. And I would just say, look into what makes you happy and and do that. And if there's a way that people think is so crazy, like me not going to the cemetery to see my dad, but it makes me feel good, I think do that. Just figure out what works with you. But I also do want to give advice to people who who have a friend who has lost a loved one. I don't think you need to have the best advice or anything like that. I think checking in is so important. So just check in on people, no matter how long it's been, even if this person has lost a loved one years and years ago, check in because that matters and we take that into consideration and we know that. 
So yeah, I think people just be a little bit kinder to everyone too. <laughs> people need kindness. Yeah. It does not take that much effort to be kind to somebody. I, I'm Sending a you. text, just checking up on someone is such a simple thing and it's yeah. so easy. I had I did that for a friend the other day and literally she sent me a whole voice memo back just being so appreciative of it and it's because like I haven't heard from her in a while but I see that she's busy like I know she's busy and I'm busy in my own way and it was just it was literally one little text that honestly just yeah I got just back thinking a of whole, you yeah. yeah a thinking of you text is really nice honestly Mina I really hope all the, the du'as that you make on behalf of your dad are answered I really hope that your family continues to be strong and inshallah you guys prosper i can't wait to see more things coming out of the meme shop are you guys going to create products and stuff because i would love to carry some tote bags yes. with those sayings we've been saying products for so long but yes very soon i don't want to put like a date out because we suck at sticking to deadlines but arabs yeah soon. yeah <laughs> we're, we're running on arab timing with this meme shop thing but yeah products very soon Awesome. That's something to look forward to. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, girl. Thank See you. you. Welcome to our unfiltered afterthoughts. Zena, what did you think of this heavy, heavy episode? I'm not a sensitive person. I shouldn't say sensitive, but I'm not like a overly affectionate person. But I teared up in this episode. And like, if you notice, like there was one point where like I moved away from the mic and I'm like, let me just like deal with my emotions Your eyes are right red. now. Yeah, let me deal with my emotions right now. She is so strong. And I think the way that she deals with this and in the passing of her father, it's very representative of who she is. But something I took away from this episode was not to judge how other people grieve. Just because someone is out there, like you said, going on vacation or posting things on Instagram or living their life after losing a loved one doesn't mean that they're over it. Doesn't mean that they don't think about the person they lost. It's just that's how they choose to feel better. And I think we just need to accept that and, and accept that everyone is different. And it's not healthy to always be so depressed and mourning and crying and whatnot. Because like off of my, she also told me that it took her a while to like actually post again on Instagram because she was worried about what people will think. Like, didn't her dad just pass away? Allah Rahman, look at her posting on Instagram. Like she literally did not want that to happen to her. And it's sad that we have to think that way. You right. Know? And then, I, yeah. I feel like there is no manual on how to navigate the loss of someone. Absolutely not. And I think it's it's also just like you said, it's another thing to worry about when you lose a loved one, how other people are going to judge you on how you grieve. It's ridiculous, I think. And I think also we spend like literally our whole entire lives with our parents. It's really hard to just like stop grieving them overnight. So sometimes if things come in waves and you feel like this is the moment you're driving in your car and you're going to work and you have a breakdown, you have a breakdown. Yeah. I don't think you should ever suppress your emotions when it comes to grieving somebody because anything can really trigger, like just to remind you of who they were or anything like that. It, they can just come to mind and then automatically you just start crying and I also think that like let's say you do decide to not move on with your life but go back to schedule programming or whatever yeah. that's what I think your loved ones would want they wouldn't want you sulking in bed crying they'd want you to be successful get out in the world live your life as you normally did she was great at seeing how she can't always focus on her dad not being there for her wedding day or for the next miles in her life or having kids or graduating or whatever because if you're going to continue doing that it's only going to depress you more and it's something that's not going to happen so why focus so much of your energy on so that? focus instead on the moments that you did have with him and, and yeah. cherish those instead of like focusing on like oh he's not going to be here for this he's not going to be there for that i think it's important to find your connection still to this loved one that passed away it's 
it's really important because I think it's very healthy and it's a great way to help you cope with it. It's all about coping. I don't think there's a such thing as moving on. I don't think you move on. This is somebody that's a loved one that you you once cherished and you love and you still do. So it's like you can't you can't move on from yeah. somebody. So you have to find a way that you are still connected to them. Absolutely. Like her notes in her phone. I think that's journaling so, is yeah. really like everybody's starting to do. And I think it's I like, think it's helpful. Yeah. You know, I realize I kind of I'm I do journaling, I you guess, do, but I do it online. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like I it's uh, this sounds selfish. Like I do share it online, but it's not for people. It's more it's so for, for me. Yeah. But I don't know why I just make it public and I just share it. But then again, I get the it's DMs. It's so good. Your posts are so good. Girl, I wish I read that and I cringe at the some of the things <laughs> no. I Oh, like so years good. ago i'm like oh my god but i think the most um one of my favorite things that i ever wrote was when my grandmother passed i think that's when you're really truly vulnerable so i would love i know this is like trespassing but i would love to read her journal yeah, and... i think it's easier to write down those thoughts than to express them to someone else because you're always afraid of letting down your walls but when it's just you and a piece of paper and a pen it's so much easier because there's no judgment the one thing I take away from this is, and I say, we say this all the time, is just appreciate the people around you. We are so lucky because like she said, some people grow up without parents or yeah. some people lose their parents at a young age. So they have a very vague memory of them. Like when my, like when my cousins lost their dad, which is my uncle, I remember that day and I remember that night and it was like the hardest night ever because like I, I knew my uncle passed away. Like literally within that minute, that first minute of realizing that, I thought right away of my cousins. Yeah. And I like cried for them and it was like the sad, I'm like gonna like tear up right now, but I cried for them because it was really sad to know that they're gonna like grow up without a dad. Yeah. But mashallah, they ended up being like the most amazing cousins, most amazing kids to their mom and everything. And alhamdulillah, they're like, you know, they're just such beautiful people. And, and I it think makes that's a you blessing. cherish the people that you have in your life yeah. that much more because like you see, not that you see what it could be like, but you see that like, I am lucky to have this person in my life. Like you said, like people grow up without even knowing their parents. And that's, you should just be grateful for the time that you have to spend with them like even my mom she's just been under the weather lately and the house is just such a different tone to it like she's yeah. not lively and it brings down the house like and i was like man i i i know allah doesn't give you something that you can't handle but i i think i would be in shambles if i lost my parents god like, forbid i yeah. i don't think i'm at the point of my life that i can lose anybody yeah that's just how i feel right now but and again, could it be that like your mom is under the weather to give you that kind of push that maybe like inshallah when she does feel better when she's you know Appreciate spend her. more time with her and just, yeah. yeah we used to always like i mean we took her out the other day but we used to do that more like the more like a weekly thing so we yeah. play like this game it's called sequence at my house like with our entire family and it's Did like you the, make it up no oh. it's such a fun game i'm being I've... serious dana it's such a fun game and i think that's like the best way that our, our whole entire family from my dad to my mom to my siblings we all bond on it because we can all play it oh, that's cute it's like the best game ever because like my mom doesn't speak english so some games obviously she's just like you know gestures and all that yeah but this one like we all bond on it and like like it's it's the best game i recommend it we're not sponsored by <laughs> sequence but it's a great game you guys you can get off amazon and i think sometimes we do need family game nights yeah and honestly it's Anything like such to a good bring time the family together yeah and it's okay if people are competitive and they want to you know chop off your head <laughs> like that it's all fun at the end of the day so we want to thank you as always, you guys, for listening to our episode. Make sure you guys are subscribed. You let your family and friends know about us. And hopefully they subscribe too. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye.